You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Born apologize for spitting Shonda rhymes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies and actors. Word. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Welcome to this special edition of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. My name is Angelica and I am your host and joining me as my co-host is Ryan. Say hi, Ryan. Hi. <laughs> I feel like we need to do like praise be or something like that. Yes. Or you know, blessed, blessed day. Blessed day. <laughs> praise be. Um, we are here to cover the Handmaid's Tale season three. Um, so I know a lot of you guys are familiar with us from our time with the Thrones Y'all podcast, but Thrones is over, so now we're moving on to something else. Um, not fantasy but we always love us a good dystopian so um let's get into it um well actually let me just touch on what you know got me into the handmaid's tale so i actually first encountered it when i was in college i remember i was in like the school's library and i don't know how you ever like ryan you ever like go on wikipedia or go on youtube and just end up down this rabbit hole Oh like, yeah, this shit almost <laughs> took me there. Almost took me there. I was like, I was actually doing that when you before when you when I dialed in. I was like looking on Wikipedia trying to pull up stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So somehow I searched for something which led to something else, which led to the movie. I think it came out in 1990 with Natasha Rich- Natasha Richardson um, as Alfred. Oh, okay. So I actually watched a bunch of clips of the movie. I think I might have watched the whole movie on YouTube, and I was like, this is an interesting concept. It wasn't executed well at all. unfortunately the movie wasn't that great um but the just like the concept the world just the idea of women's rights being taken away like that just interested me um so then the show came along and i just like i'm a netflix person you know what i'm saying like i pay for netflix especially early i was like what yeah like a bundle of them i'm like you gotta be kidding me it's cool but then if you think about it, Netflix releases the whole season. So like, is it really that amazing? But <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Ooh, they pull it back a little bit. They pull back a little bit. Yeah. So I was like, I already paid for Netflix. I already have cable. Like, do I really need another subscription? So I just didn't touch on the show on the first season. Then I started seeing like the trailers for it. And I was like, okay, let me just take my little 30 day trial and binge watch the first season so i binge watched the first season in time for season two and i've been hooked ever since um so that's why i've decided to do a podcast on the show and um ryan i kind of like forced you into this but how did you get into the show i, mean, I want to say forced <laughs> now i was shocked now let me tell you when i watched that first episode i was like you gotta be kidding me i was like there's no way you know people are watching because it just hits you when mm-hmm. you make it when you like some of the stuff that happens especially when you're being like if you just be real especially when you're a woman watching the show you're like yeah come on you like you know some of the stuff that comes at you but no i mean i think it was good because i'm just like a fan of like tv and movies like you'll mm-hmm. learn from me i just can dive into something because i'm just like a fan of like you know what media like you're talking about women's rights like what it can make you see that you mm-hmm. don't think about on a daily basis 
Yeah. Um, so like, you know, just like seeing all this stuff, it's got me like looking around, like, you know, working in news, I'm looking around like, well, man, dang, have I not thought about something <laughs> that I should be knowing? Like, you know, especially with the women's rights these days, like just thinking mm-hmm. about it a little bit more and doing some research, you know? Yeah. The, um, yeah. I, I will say the show is incredibly relevant for today's climate for sure right right now did you read the books did you read the books at all because i heard a lot of people talk about the books yes so i actually did after i think i read the book before i watched actually that's actually what made me watch the show so i read the books the book first um it's by margaret atwood and it came out in the 1980s so she conceived this world long before our time um and uh, like i said it's incredibly relevant um and then she's actually working on a sequel that's supposed to come out this year so it's like 30 plus years in the making this sequel so yeah Yeah. i'm really looking forward to that um because the tv series it actually her book is only covered in book like the first season is book one and then from season two onwards it's they're off book um this is basically their world um but margaret had a had a had a say in it so i'm hoping with the second book coming out that they'll have some elements from the show as far as like the can like canon um but i guess we'll have to see yeah yeah but yeah yeah see what they come up with yeah we'll see what they come up with but just for those listeners out there that just may have just stumbled upon upon our podcast because they just listen to black girl nerds um if you uh aren't familiar with the show major spoilers ahead but just to give you kind of a synopsis of the series because we're in season three um basically uh we're in a dystopian society uh totalitarian society where it's very patriarch i'm using a lot of big words right now patriarchal no i'm I'm, I'm rolling with it go ahead with it go with it help me out here is it it's it's a patriarchy i don't patriarchy patriarchy, yeah yeah. um (laughs) so basically i got it i got it so basically um the U.S. is no longer the U.S. It is now the, uh, the Republic of Gilead. Um, it is, like I said, a patriarchal society where men are at the top and women are essentially servants. So basically there is uh. some there is some type of environmental disaster that eventually trickled into the fertility of um, U.S. citizens or actually the world at large. And so uh, a radical, um, I would say, religious sect of men decided to take over the country. Um, they used the media to kind of orchestrate this. They like killed the cabinet, killed the president, bombed DC, and then they took over. Um, and so they installed themselves as commanders. Um, then they have like their secret police, which are the eyes, and you have like the hands, and then you have the guardians, which are kind of like uh like cadets, or not cadets, but like uh first class or privates. Um and then their wives who are infertile, their wives, they're considered wives, they wear blue. And then in each household of a great family, a commander and his wife, there's a handmaid. Um, handmaids are fertile women who have done some type of, uh, I wouldn't call it a crime, but who are morally wrong, essentially. Like June, for example, who is our lead, she is the second wife um, she's considered an adulteress because she essentially stole her husband from his first wife. Um, so she's installed in the Waterford household as a handmaid. And uh, basically the commander's job is to impregnate her. 
Um, and- oh my god! I saw that first. Oh, just take. Go ahead. Go ahead. The go ceremony. Ahead. Yeah, the ceremony. And then also <laughs> in the, the house, also in the household, they have Marthas. Um, they're infertile women who are basically the lower class, and they are the servants to these uh these great families. And then there's also something called Akana wives. Um, they essentially aren't rich enough or aren't powerful enough to have handmaids in their homes, so they basically take on the job as handmaid and um, Martha, which is the servants of of um, Gilead. So that's basically the power structure. And the story centers around uh, Fred, who we learn her name is June. And she basically, um, her, her daughter was taken from her, her husband escaped up to Canada. And she's basically trying to escape trying to save her daughter. And she actually ends up pregnant by um, uh, by an, a member of the eyes, Nick, who also works in the household as like the chauffeur of Commander Waterford. She gets pregnant by him. And we basically start off season three with the escape of her baby and her friend, Emily. So uh, can I just say yeah. June should have gotten a car? June. No, I'm kidding. I she didn't, <laughs> but I was just like, I was just like screaming at the TV. Girl, get in the car. Get in the car. Yeah. So June has a, just if just. For those of you who have seen the first two seasons, June has a tendency to keep going back. Like whether she oh, wants yes, to she or not, she always ends up back at the Waterford's house. Um, she's had a, a few escape attempts, doesn't work out. In this case, she actually chose to go back um, because she couldn't leave her daughter, Hannah. Uh, but I'm, I just feel like, you know, save yourself, save your baby, and then, you know, start a revolution from the outside and then get your daughter. But see, that's what I kept thinking, but I'm like, well, does she, if she gets to like Canada or whatever, like where everybody's heading, mm-hmm. is it like she can't come back? Cause that's no, what I kept can't. thinking. I was like, why? Okay. She can't All come right. back. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Unless they bring down, you know, this totalitarian regime, um, they they can't <laughs> she can't go back okay, yeah because that's what i kept thinking i was like just get in the car with nicole and then like you know i mean because you don't want to leave your daughter but i'm just saying like that's like a lot that she had to throw herself back into yeah yeah so basically um we find june um well and what i love about the show is uh june's voiceovers um because it's like, <laughs> <laughs> the <best. laughs> they're the best and they're 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 full of profanity um but <laughs> <laughs> the season opens up um where we left off uh june basically makes a choice she doesn't get in the van to escape to canada with emily and her daughter nicole she decides to go back to where she came from and she wants to save her daughter hannah so we hear you know june's little voiceover she's and <laughs> i love how june prays but then she cusses in the same breath <laughs> yeah like you think she's not gonna do she's just like turns it up like right at the end yeah so i'm just like i mean i guess god still hears your prayers but i was just like uh <laughs> dropping an f-bomb in the middle of a prayer not a good idea um <laughs> but uh june is played by elizabeth moss she's incredible by the way um and she's basically so good so good so good and she's basically praying for her daughters nicole and her friend emily's who's also a handmade safety emily's paid, played by alexis blood who was also incredible like and serves face and like that face that she oh the faces that she make i'm like oh my god like she won't say a lot but the face i'm like man they're both actually really good at that elizabeth and alexis they don't have to say much but their faces say it all um yeah and there's a lot of close-ups of their faces (laughs) when they're reacting (laughs) to stuff um so yeah she prays for their escape so you see emily in the back of the van holding baby nicole um and then we see june running i guess she's trying to catch up with 
a car. Um, basically, Emily and June were helped along by a network of Marthas. They're part of the resistance. And surprisingly, um, the person that dropped off Emily and kind of made these arrangements for her escape was Commander Joseph Lawrence, who is played by, um, what is his name? Bradley Woodford of Get Out. Yeah, so I love he. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's that guy. Yeah. I was like, that's super familiar. Okay, <laughs> he's kind of like, and I actually we kind of he was introduced briefly last season. I think he might have been in one or two episodes, and he's like, I can't read him. Like he, yeah, I was gonna ask you. Really, that's what I want. That's one of the things I want to get your opinion on because I can't either. I'm like, what is he trying to like? Is he good? Is he like really nice? Like, yeah, he can like manipulate like everybody. Like, I just don't know. I can't figure it out. The Black Girl Nerds podcast will return in just a moment. You know what I love? My cats. I have two of them, Coco and Carmelita. Coco is the introvert. She's very quiet, reserved. She likes to sneak up on you in the middle of the night. And when you show her affection, she has a very heavy sounding purr. Carmelita, on the other hand, is the complete opposite. She is an extrovert. She is very vocal. She is very much the alpha female. If you do not give her attention, she will let you know, I need your attention right now. These cats are night and day. You know what I don't love? Cleaning up Carmelita and Coco's litter box, which is why Arm & Hammer created the new cloud control litter. There's no cloud of nasties when I scoop. It's 100% dust free free of heavy perfumes, and helps reduce airborne dander from scooping. So what happens in the litter box stays in the litter box. New Cloud Control Cat Litter by Arm & Hammer. More power to you. Yeah, like, is he trolling? Like, what is what is his deal? But basically, this is, like, one of the most powerful commanders in Gilead. He is essentially the architect of Gilead. He made this structure. He's basically the person responsible for all of this. And he, um, he made, like, he made up the colonies. And the colonies are basically, for those that don't know, is basically parts of the country that are basically radioactive they send what they consider unwomen so women that can't have kids women who violated rules instead of killing them they send them to the colonies to be useful um and it's a death sentence because people end up dying you know you deal with radioactive substances uh you're gonna die right terribly terrible deaths um so he's responsible for creating that and 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 he his excuse for it is saying like i'm creating a better world like someone has to I hate that line, by the way. They always throw that line in when you know you're not, like, you know, you're just going after what your ideas are, what you think is better every time they throw that line in. But what's so crazy about Commander um, Lawrence is that he goes against half the stuff that he created. Like, you know, when when they're, like, under his eye, he's like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) He's like, yeah, okay, cool. Keep moving. Yeah, yeah, he's just, he's just the enigmatic he's just a, he's just a strange character like like you said you don't know if he's good if he's bad if he's really a, a, a you know a villain or or an anti like you don't know what anti-hero you don't know what he is yeah so anyways he's a, he's so, a mystery for sure he's a mystery for sure so he pulls up and he's basically like yelling at june like why didn't you go to canada like what are you doing you can escape and she's like nah take me back to my daughter where is my daughter? So we learned that um, Hannah, who is now renamed Agatha, um, is in the care of the Mackenzies. Uh, so, you know, June's like, take me to my daughter and then we can go to Canada. 
Sounds like a great plan. So <laughs> <laughs> he drops her off. Um, he drops her off to the Mackenzie's home. And then June just kind of like walks up into people's houses, like unannounced. Yeah, like, Come on now. Come on now, June. Use a little bit of something now. Come on now. Yeah, no type of like stealth. She just walks in and was like, where is my daughter? So the Martha in the house tells her like the commander is away. You know, mistress is in bed sleep. Your daughter's upstairs sleep as well. So she goes up to her daughter. And I don't know if this was her way of trying to escape with Hannah. But as soon as she pulls up into her room, all you hear is sirens. Uh, So the house is surrounded by guardians. Uh, June knows that she has no way out so she tearfully says goodbye to her daughter I guess I'll see you later Uh, during this whole ordeal Hannah is asleep Uh, she takes off like a piece of string from her red cape and uh, for those of you that know um, handmaids wear red Um, not only does it make them easy to spot but that's just the color blood birth so there's that symbolism so she takes a little bit of string she wraps it around um, Hannah's wrist as like kind of like a little bracelet and then she gets taken by guardians um so at this point i'm like june stay getting in trouble yes i'm like did she get a break or like at least this time she basically asked for it she could have escaped yeah so so she gets taken by guardians you think she's gonna get taken out the house i'm at this point like oh my god are they gonna kill her are they gonna take her back to the waterfords what's gonna happen um but the mistress of the house mrs mckenzie comes down or yeah mckenzie comes down and she basically tells her like you need to stop this you're confusing your daughter she's safe here she's fine here and she kind of explains to her that um hannah told her about what happened so last season uh commander waterford fred waterford uh, who's played by josephines um he arranged or finds however you say their last name uh (laughs) he arranged for june to meet hannah um and i guess you know obviously you're a little girl you're separated from your mother it's been maybe one to two years since you've seen your mother you're you're gonna you're gonna be a little messed up about it. So she, she gets home after that ordeal. She tells her adoptive mother, and that kind of surprises June because she's just like, she told you, and and then Miss Mrs. McKenzie's like, yeah, I'm her mom. Um, and she tells her like, you need to stop. This is gonna end up in your death. Like your daughter's gonna. This is gonna end in you dying before her. Like they're gonna kill you right in front of her. Like just stop it. So this kind of gives June's June pause. Like she kind of, I don't think she'll ever stop fighting to get hannah back but she does consider the fact that hannah's in a good home with a good woman um she's not this uppity wife like the rest of the 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 wives she she really does care for hannah so she you know she kind of thinks about it but she says she's not going to stop and then she gets taken away by the guardians miss mckendie instructs them like you know what just just let her go just send her back to the waterfords so and i kind of like that line like you know where you see that look on june's face like well mm-hmm. dang do i like stop or am i done and then uh, right. miss mckenzie does a line about um how the how hannah's eyes look like hers and then yes. she goes well i'm her mother <laughs> like hello you know, it's just like and that to me i never get about this show that's one of the things that's always like with me is that these these are not your kids i'm like these yeah. are literally like their moms walking around and you guys are like this is normal for me to take your child from you mm-hmm. it's like the weirdest form of adoption uh, yeah i'm like <laughs> but what? yeah but they do have like a little moment they talk about like you said like hannah's eyes um the fact that she likes to cook which her father luke her biological father, Luke, loves to cook. So they kind of have a bonding moment. Um, it kind of humanizes Miss McKenzie. 
you know, she looks like she would be one of the better people for yeah, uh, yeah. This, this, this world. Even though the world itself is a terrible place for women, you can tell that Mrs. McKenzie is the perfect fit to be yeah, a mother. I, yeah, I don't hate on Miss McKenzie. It's just like an awkward yeah. situation, you know, though. Right. Because it's just, yeah. you're still like, but you're kind of not her mother, but yeah. you know, <laughs> but you are. But yeah. you are. I'm like, I'm with you. You're not doing anything crazy right now, so... <laughs> Yeah, as long as you're good to to baby Hannah slash Agnes or Agatha, whatever they named that little girl, um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you're good in my book. Um, So we kind of cut towards Serena. Serena is grieving. She's on the floor. She's crying. She also gave up her quote unquote child, Nicole. Um, So she's on the ground crying. Um, Her hand is still bandaged. If you remember from last season, um, she tried to have her own form of revolution and she did something forbidden, which is read a Bible or or read in general in front of the commanders. And as a result of her disobedience, they took off a part of her pinky. Um, So that really affected her. And I also think uh, Fred beat her like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> when I say my mouth was open in that whole scene, because I always thought Serena was that one that was just like, I mean, not necessarily not take anything because she did kind of have that like submissive role a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that to me was like too far, almost so to speak. Not not like they don't do that anyway, but where I was just surprised at how she was just like, well, Fred, is this how, you know, I just got, you know, when he says jump, I'll just tell you how high, you know, like yeah. she was just like in it. Like I, that's when I was first like, okay, well, we see where she's coming from. Yeah. I think Serena tries to test her limits as far as like her power, because Serena actually is another person that was very integral in creating the society. So she willingly gave up her rights and, you know, she was complacent in her life knowing that it was for the better for the greater good so yes you know she's responsible for this but at the same time she does try to like test her boundaries with him but she knows when to stop so when he said bend over yeah she bent over i mean gave me flashbacks Uh, (laughs) in a black household who gave me i was just like you crying over this yeah man i've been had worse stuff right there you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you know what I'm saying for for certain types of people that might be you know yeah. dramatic yeah, you know. so <laughs> so she also from that experience her marriage which was already kind of strained because she's was very jealous of Fred's relationship with June um so add in the fact that he got her, fi- her pinky chopped off and then he beat her they don't have the best relationship right now so um you know they're they're strained so june walks in and fred goes off he's like where's you know where's the baby where is she um he's like you know you've gotten us all killed because this is like the second time that june has escaped that's not a good look for the waterford yeah they seriously i am like for real yeah and then you know now the baby's gone so like it's not a good look for them um but june doesn't pay him no mind she just looks at Serena and she tells her like she's safe now Serena is pissed because she was expecting Nicole to be with her mother not with Emily aka of Joseph because Emily let's be real is a bit of a murderer she did kill somebody a couple seasons ago so she's like you left my baby with a murderer you killed my baby and then June's like um how does it feel (laughs) the same (laughs) Like, I hope you feel the same way I felt when my daughter was ripped from my arms after we got chased through the woods with guns and dogs. And, you know, Serena breaks down crying and June, like, reassures her, like, look, 
she's safe. She's in good hands. She's in the best place possible. And then Serena kind of turns to her husband and she basically tells him, like, I did what was best for my daughter. And before then, you know, you see Serena, as you said, even though she's submissive, uh, she also is kind of like, where's the pants? Like when she had Nick guard, you know, um, guard Fred in in June's old bedroom to kind of give them time to escape. Like that was her call. <laughs> yeah, that was and, pretty, yeah, that's pretty gangster there. Yeah. Cause I was just like, it's, I love that tug of war between them. Mm-hmm. Cause it does seem like Fred sometimes, you know, thinks he knows what's going on, but then Serena will come up behind him and it's like, no, we're not going to do that. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so she basically, she had him locked up in there and I love how June left the, um, that, 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 that message in, in Latin, don't let the bastards oh, grind. Yeah, you. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. I like that one. So let me get a shot of that as he kind of sits and sulks in, in her bedroom, you know, waiting to figure out what's going on with him. So as you said, you know, the, the, everyone ends up being in the same um, household again. They kind of have this pact to protect each other because if not, they're going to die. Um, you know, Gilead is not merciful. You, they, they, you know, if you disobey them, if you do something to go against their rules, you're going to end up on the wall. So, <laughs> so um, yeah. So then Fred kind of, just like, you know, we'll figure this out. And he orders Nick to take uh, June to her room. And Nick is pissed off, too. He's just like, after everything we did to get you out of here, you know how many people sacrificed themselves, you know, could have possibly been killed to get you out of here and you come back? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> you know, you're here. why are you here? And he's like, you know, there's not going to be another opportunity for you to get out of here. You're going to die here. And she's like, don't you think I know that? And then, you know, we focus on her face <laughs> again. Yep, yep. That slow zoom in. That slow zoom in on June's face. So, yeah. So then we kind of move towards Emily. Emily's escaping. Um, She's hiding in the woods. She's being hunted. There's like helicopters. There's obviously men in the woods with flashlights. She has a crying baby in her arms. Um, They got her as close to, close to the border as they could, but she has to make it the rest of the way. Um, And it's very much like underground railroad type vibes, you know? Right. And, yeah. Yeah. And I it's do like interesting. the... Yeah, it's a, it's a good like connection because you know slaves also escape to Canada to you know find their freedom. So this is the same thing with handmaids. Uh, so she, excuse me, so she's running through the woods, she's hiding, and then she has to cross a uh, looks like a river, and uh, she nearly drowns with oh, the baby in her arms. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? <laughs> she gotta do what she gotta do so like for a moment like she you, like they go underwater you don't see them emily washes up on shore she climbs out she finally like starts looking at nicole and nicole is quiet you're like oh my god she drowned the baby and then- yeah, i was like not the baby i was like come on emily get your life together yeah so you know nicole's fine she starts crying again so she's good and then these two like border patrolmen find her and this is actually this part actually made me like really teary-eyed when he like puts the blanket around her and you can tell she can tell like she's traumatized like she doesn't want men touching her and he's like it's okay and then he starts kind of like asking her if she goes back will she be tortured because she'd be killed because she's a woman and you know she, she can't really say yes or no she just kind of nods her head and he you he basically gives her asylum in canada so we're just like yes she made you know, it like, finally yeah finally one of them like you know they have that safe ending like it's finally people that care and not somebody that wants something else from you or oh let's go to another house where you have another ceremony yeah yeah those damn ceremonies <laughs> the worst the worst and yeah um 
let's talk about them ceremonies. So yeah, I just, I'm so thrown off by the fact like the husband just does this thing while the handmaid is laying on top of the wife and it's supposed to like signify like they're all one. So it's almost like the wife is getting like getting it into, but it's not right. like, it, but it's, it's, just, it's kind of like the wife is helping the husband rape the person yeah 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 definitely so i'm like I don't, I don't understand how and, but it's like they're putting like a church like a bible spin on it so i was like oh it's fine you know, yeah it's fine not worried about it. it's fine yeah and then it kind of the wives kind of do something similar with the birthing like the you know the the handmaid gives birth and then the mother comes up from behind and kind of pretends that she's in labor and she gets like pampered it's almost like this is kind of like their way of giving them this the same like birthing experience even though they don't do any work yeah (laughs) because i don't have any kids but i'm like why is the wife like because i'm pretty i'm just i've just heard that it's just like it's hard it's not easy so i'm trying to figure out why the wife is laying on the bed like after the whole (laughs) ceremony is done like i was confused by that part i was like what you know like she actually like you said like actually done something i feel like she was just sitting behind her yeah. I was like, I was confused. I was like, why? Why is there like a whole like, and they're helping her breathe and everything. Yeah. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's the big basically make the wise feel like they are the mothers. Um, so that's the experience that they give them, and so that kind of takes us back to Serena. Um, she's once again crying. She's doing a lot of crying this season. Um, she's like stares into her reflection. Um, you know, at her vanity, she cleans her her pinky that was severed. Um, and then Fred comes in and checks in on her. Um, before he goes to work, and he tells her like the hands have been dispatched to find Nicole, and he gives her like his little spiel, his little spin on the story that they're going to tell um the other commanders. You know, basically Emily kidnapped Nicole, and June and and Serena tried to fight her off. And she escaped. Um, and so, you know, Serena's just kind of sitting there, just broken. And I think that the actress that plays Serena, her name is Yvonne um Shafovsky. She just she's also like all the women on the show, they're just amazing actresses. She just does, does such a good job of kind of conveying this broken, sad woman. Um, but there's still like a little strength left in her. Um, and you yeah. see that when Serena kind of like pulls herself together. She gets dressed. She puts, she, you know, puts on her blues, which is what the color that wives uh, wear. And um, she takes, like, I guess the alcohol that she was using to clean her hand, and she pours it on her her marital bed, and she sets it on fire. <laughs> I'm like, all right, that's that's one way to do it. Yeah, she, you know, she's fed up. Fred said everything will go back to normal. And she's like, nah, no, it's not. And you know, that bed itself represents so much. It's it you does, know, yeah. It's the it's a place of the ceremonies. Um, it's where you know June gave birth to Nicole. Um, you know, it's a representation of her infert- infertility because she can't have children. Um, you know, represents her marriage. So she lights that you know mother effer up, and yeah. <laughs> it, it, it had to go. It had to go. She was at that point. She was done. She was she, she broke. She snapped. And she kind of just stares at it. And um, I don't know if she's about to jump in them flames, she, if she just wants to see it burn. But June's, you know, she walks in and she's like, we got to go. And um, I don't know if you noticed this because I, I watched the episode twice just to kind of take notes. But when June walks in, um, there is a painting on her left to her left of a mother and a daughter holding hands. So I'm just like, you know, like that bad represents everything that Serena wants, but you know, it didn't work out. It's not what she has. So she sets it on fire, 
they leave the house and you know once again we go to uh june's prayer and you know she says burn the mother effer down like <laughs> burn mother effer burn and we watch the house go up in flames like everything like and that is it is a beautiful house but it's an ugly place yeah um, it's like so much stuff has happened that yeah, yeah. Ever, so much so it goes up in flames um and then we cut to emily so emily's walking into a hospital um she's being watched by the staff there's like there's like balconies or, or levels to this hospital so people are kind of overlooking the balcony watching her um you know i feel like an escaped handmaiden is kind of like a rare occurrence there um so everybody's just kind of like watching her she's clearly shell-shocked she's clearly traumatized she's holding on to nicole for dear life um she meets this team of doctors and they tell her like we just want to make sure you're healthy we're so happy you're here we're, we can't imagine what you've been going through and like you know let's go back here let's get you guys checked out and emily's like well let me hold on to the baby <laughs> like this is my responsibility <laughs> yeah um, she, she was gonna let nicole go she was like nope nope i promise so you can't touch a baby right now right so you know and then i kind of had there's like another teary-eyed moment as she's walking through the staff starts to clap for her and i'm just like oh (laughs) did you hear that that was like they just did that that it was like nobody told like they the extras weren't applauding oh awesome well it it worked it 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 was a perfectly done scene yeah i was like that's pretty cool that them know for them to kind of play you know when you get kind of i guess you get as an extra you get kind of caught up in that moment Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, well, I can add a little something to this. <laughs> well, they did a great job. Shout out to the extras on that set. Um, so, yeah. So, she gets taken back and, you know, they, they check her out. Um, so, then it kind of goes back to June. So, June is... So, like, as the... as the and, and it's great how, like, as they're clapping, it cuts to June. And there's still the applause as June's sitting there. So, it's actually, it was a great choice in the extras part to do that. Because it was a perfect segue back to June. Um, so, she's sitting out in front of the house... Um, the fire's been contained, but the house has been destroyed. Um, and she kind of sees Rita, who's played by Amanda Bruegel. She is the Martha of the Waterford household. She watches as Rita helps Jude into a or he, Rita helps Serena into a car. And then Nick spots her. Uh, he tells her to take care because June's basically being sent back to the Red Center. And then, you know, we see Nick and um, Commander Waterford get into a car, and I love actually the cinematography on this scene. Um, you can there like is a bird's eye view of the neighborhood, and you see the cars go in three different directions. Oh yeah, that was pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. I like the way they showed that. Yeah, yes, yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. So June gets taken back to the Bread Center, which is essentially where the handmaids are housed. It's where they get their training. Um, it's where they're punished. Um, so she's sent back to the Bread Center and. Uh, aunt which is the aunties are basically one of the few women in the society that are allowed to read for certain reasons um the aunts wear brown and they are like the basically the society uses women to put down other women um so they're like the wardens of this world and um an aunt goes up to june and she tells her that mackenzie's might have forgiven you but god requires penance so the uh, center is the worst. The like worst. every time I see that place, I'm I like it's like this feeling you get in your stomach when you get caught up into it because mm-hmm. you're like, oh god, something's gonna happen. Something bad's gonna happen. So yeah, uh June gets her punishment. Um and she June, look, she's used to this. So she takes these punishments like a G. Like she just walked away, like, all right, okay, let's get this over with. 
Yeah. <laughs> so you later on to the next. On to the next. So you later see her on her knees. Um, she's like cleaning the floor, and you can see like her feet, and they're all like cut up and bruised. Um, so a technique that these aunts use to torture. Um, oh well, yeah, I guess you could call it torture. They call it punishment, but they tor- it's torture. Um, they yep. beat the bottoms of their feet, the soles of their feet. Um. So she's cleaning up and another handmaid walks up with um, a bucket of clean water. And, you know, the handmaids are, some handmaids are also part of the resistance along with the Marthas. And so one of the handmaids tells her that Emily and Nicole made it, that they're in Canada and that they're safe. So that kind of gives June a little bit more strength. And you see her smiling as she's scrubbing this floor. Um, And so then we cut to Luke. Speaking of Canada, speaking of good news, we cut to Luke. Luke is June's husband. Um, he's played by O.T. Fag Benley, and he brushes out of his apartment, and they live in a place called Little America, so it's basically like a refugee area for um, escaped Americans. And he runs and meets Moira, who is a former handmaid, a former Jezebel, which is what they call the prostitutes in um gilead and she's played by samira wiley and there it looks like it's like an american embassy or like an intake center um luke has mail so luke opens up the mail and there's a picture of hannah hannah's in like this pink little outfit which is almost like handmaids in training um (laughs) but (laughs) luke's crying you know he's this is the first picture he's seen of his daughter since the last time he saw her she notes how she's gotten so big and he's crying and you know um, Moira's looking at the picture and then somebody interrupts. They, they hear a baby and they turn around and we see Emily and she's, she's like, Hey, are you Luke? And he's like, yeah. And she, you know, she says, you know, your wife saved my life. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see the implications of, uh, Emily kind of coming to grips with her new life. Luke taking in the fact that he's now, um, caring for his wife's daughter but it's not his daughter um so you know she's a well i wouldn't say she's a a product of rape because you know june and and nick were consensual nick Nick, the driver is is uh june's baby daddy um but it's still (laughs) it's still an interesting dynamic to you know like this is my wife's kid but it's not my kid um right we'll see more of that in the next uh next few episodes um but we go back to June. So June, you know, comes back from scrubbing the floors. She goes basically to her dormitory and there's a suitcase and then there's her wings, um, which is like the bonnet they wear. They call them wings sitting on top of her bed. And she's being told that she's going to a new posting. Um, since the Waterfords don't have a home, she has to be useful somewhere else. Um, so to her surprise, her new commander is Commander Lawrence. So I was like, oh, plot twist. Can't say that was a surprise for me because I feel like that was like yeah. a setup. But, you know, like interesting. Um, yeah. So he kind of slyly asks her, like, are you going to be in any trouble? And June says, no, sir, with a with the smug little smile and, you know, cut <laughs> to black. That's the end of the premiere episode of season three. And I'm so glad it wasn't Fred. I'm so glad they didn't go like they didn't find a way to like pull that off. And she ended up right. I was like, can she ever get away from them? Like no matter how many times she escaped, I'm sick of her and Fred. I'm sick of them. Like yeah, because so. Fred, Fred is that dude that waits for you to give him permission to say like, or waits for somebody to say, oh you're not evil, but he's literally the worst. I'm like have several seasons because yeah. he. I feel like he always he always comes to try to figure out if he's done something that makes it okay. Yeah. 
that's something that he just did before and i'm like no it's not it's like every, no it's not okay like it's not gonna be like just because you give her 10 minutes with her daughter that doesn't erase like yeah. everything else you did yeah he's a creep for sure he's very like oily he just gives me like the he just gives me the heebie-jeebies yeah. like uh, right he just walks into the room and you're like yeah. oh my god what does he want now like what's the nap yeah he's just not a very likable character um but she's definitely in for a ride with this one <laughs> with her new commander yeah because I'm, I'm feeling like this season has to be like i'm hoping it is like some kind of revolution yeah. or something like where you see the women do a little bit because i'm a little bit yeah it's a little bit hard to keep seeing them get you know, Surprised. it's like, over, yeah, over right. and over and over. So it's just like, yeah, and it's just like, it, it gets get worse and worse. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you got to give me something, you know, like get that Underground Railroad, you know, their version of it mm-hmm. working with the Marthas, you know. Yeah. And, and I feel like, you know, like I said, going back to Commander Lawrence, he just... He, like, he built Gilead, but then, like, he low-key is, like, destroying it on the low. But we don't know why he does what he does. Yeah, it's like, why are you doing... Yeah, it's like, if you're part of creating it, why... You know, like, why aren't you just all the way down for your cause? Like, what happened? Yeah. Like, he's clearly... I mean, he, he he clearly doesn't participate in many of the things. Like, as I said earlier, you know, blessed day, praise be, you know, under his eye. He don't... He'd be like, whatever. He he doesn't say the traditional <laughs> callback to it. Um, He doesn't participate in ceremonies at all like he basically has the handmaids in his house just to like for appearances sake and you know handmaids do help out with the household so you know he has that going for him but he does not like he does not have sex with his handmaids like uh in last season when emily was installed in his household and she you know like got on her knees to like get ready for the ceremony he was just like why are you sitting there like i'm not gonna have sex with you like he does not partake and what commanders should be doing at all um and then he has right. like what appears to be a very sick wife who's like mentally unstable um and that's an interesting story because i'm wondering what happened to her yeah. or is that just going to be a thing where they just say like have her in the house and we're not maybe we don't find out what you know what exactly is going yeah, it on it kind of gives me like low-key like jane Eyre vibes like with you know the wife uh, Mr. Rochester's life, yeah. um, kind of like tucked away in the tower. Um, but we get a little bit of her last season when she kind of tells Emily that he's responsible for the colonies and she's clearly not happy with what her husband has orchestrated. Um, so it's, and it'll be interesting to see that dynamic dynamic. He clearly loves her very much. He's very protective of her. Um, but it's a strange household. Like, you know, like his, his, his Martha Cora is always like talking smack and disrespectful <laughs> towards him and there's there seems like there's no consequences but then there are like i feel like like one minute he's like he's cool and the next minute he's upset with you about something so like he's right just, so you're like you don't know yeah. like he's yeah. so imp- unpredictable so i was actually really happy that he was promoted to series regular for this season um oh, yeah, okay I know. Yeah. That's so cool. we're gonna see a lot more of him he's he i mean he even in get out he was just like this like strange peculiar you know mysterious person so i just i look forward to seeing his dynamic with june i feel like they're like almost like two peas in the pod um yeah so and i feel like sometimes he's gonna he might help her and not know he's helping (laughs) which would probably be super funny like he'll have i feel like it's always gonna be that like give and take where he's gonna be like should i really be keeping her around because this is making my job harder yeah like yeah she june is a problem um, she is not fit for this world, and but I think that's what he likes about her. Like he called her spunky. He likes that about her. He likes to be entertained. Yeah. He doesn't like, you know, boring, stupid women. He likes a smart woman. So, 
it should be interesting to see, you know, how their relationship plays out um, in the upcoming episodes. Um, they did drop three episodes. So we have episodes two and three, but we're going to limit our podcast to one a week. Stretch this out as much as we can. <laughs> um, so oh, yeah. We'll be talking yeah. about episodes two, episode two next week. Um, in the meantime, um, you guys, if you have any questions, any observations, you can tweet us at Black Girl Nerds or at... Um, BJN podcast. Um, and you can also at Black Girl Geeks if you have any questions, any observations, um, and it'll be featured on uh next week's podcast. Um, so final thoughts, Ryan, like you know, what are you looking forward to seeing this season? Like, what do you want to happen in? Like, how did you feel about this episode? Um, I love I love this episode because to me, like I I got super emotional these other mm-hmm. seasons, and to me it was a little less. Like there were some parts where you were like, "Oh, I'm a little scared. I don't know what's gonna happen," but it kind of it kind of lo- lightened up if that's even a word you can <laughs> right. use for this. Show. Like, just a little, yeah, yeah. You, you know, like give me a little breathing mm-hmm. room, like you could breathe a little bit. Yeah. Um, which makes me scared like oh god what's about to happen <laughs> next because you could breathe in this episode I wasn't like on the edge of my seat like are you know please don't right, do yeah. it they're really heavy handed um, with the torture on the show <laughs> yeah I'm like man I was like I, I don't know which you know because Game of Thrones had a little had that you know but it was right. different so it was just like it hits you a little bit different yeah um, this show is just dark yeah. just dark Right, right. And it's just like you needed that little bit of lightness that I'm glad mm-hmm. they got in season three for now. Like, you know, I'll say for now, something <laughs> about, you know, they'll turn up and do something. But I, I'm ready for I want to see June. You know, I lead her to keep turning up. I just I think, I just think it's fun. I just think it's fun that she's just like because she just, you know, she made the decision to come back because she wants to try to mm-hmm. save Hannah. And so, you know, she's not playing any games. These close ups, these looks <laughs> on her face. You know, she already knows that you know what could happen, like what could be her outcome. So she, I just felt like she's just full force in it now, and she's figured out this world. Like she knows some of the players, Mm -hmm. you know. So I just feel like it's gonna be really exciting to see like how far she's gonna push it, and like what other things she gets herself in. Where we're just sitting there, like, why are we having to watch this right now? Like, what's going on? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I like this episode. Like you said, it was a breather. Um, you know, it kind of had happy endings with Emily getting out. Um, but of course they had to add that bittersweet moment into it and seeing how like shell shocked she is. Um, and you know, June goes back. So like, like you, I just, I just want June to get out. <laughs> like, I'm so tired of seeing these women suffer. Yeah, I'm nervous. I'm like, don't let that be a thing where we get done and she doesn't. Cause I was so hate that, but I'm like, I'm hoping she, I'm hoping it like, yeah, cause I'm so nervous yeah. about that. I'm like, what if, you know, what if they, cause they want, cause I feel like they're, you know, the creators and writers are expecting us to want her to get out. Cause obviously what she's yeah, been absolutely. through. Absolutely. So I'm like, oh gosh, I'm a little nervous. Like, please don't let anything happen where it's like she's basically still her fate where she has to stay there. But okay, but we're just working her, making helping her work, you know, like her yeah. other handsmaids or you know stuff like that. I hope yeah, I, I look forward to seeing her kind of work her way into this resistance, kind of take down the society from from the inside, and then maybe she escapes. But then next season, like they really like the outside forces you know, invade Gilead and it's this all out war. Like, yeah. Cause they got to tear yeah. this apart. Yeah. This can't be like a thing where it's just like, you know, one little person goes away, then the other person leaves, but you still have like crazy people, you know, in Gilead. Yeah. So, I mean, we know from the books. Um, so, you know, season one is the books, um, in the books, um, 
oh, Alfred, we don't really know her name. Um, she's Alfred throughout the entire book. Um, it's hinted her name may be June, but then Margaret Atwood ended up t- saying like, no, we just threw out people, random names. Like, uh, because basically the, all the, all the handmaids were in the red center. They're in their beds and they were whispering their names because their, their real names are forbidden. So they'd be like, Oh, there's Moira, there's Emily, there's June, but no one ever counted for who June was. So people assumed that was, that June was Alfred, but they ended up making June her name on the show. Um, So in the end of the book, June is taken away by the eyes and that's the end. We don't know what happens to her. Um, The Handmaid's Tale were told through tapes, um, old Fred recorded tapes. Um, So the assumption is if the tapes made it out, then Alfred made it out. And we learned that Gilead was eventually brought down. Um, So we know there's an end. We know this regime is going to be destroyed, but we just don't know when. Um, I hope there's some progress with it this season. Um, And so, yeah, that's what I look forward to. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll, you know, we'll discuss episode two. I've already seen it, but we'll hold off until next week to discuss. Yeah, I I, I went a little further. Yeah, yeah, we won't give you any spoiler alerts yet. But yeah, join us next week when we break down episode two of The Handmaid's Tale. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye now. Bye. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.